Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your co-host, Angie Rogers-Howell. Now, what is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast where we feature awesome women in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Today, our premier sponsor is Schaefer Leadership Academy. Find out more at SchaeferLeadership.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Rabbit Tattoos. Find out more about them at LuckyTats.com. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Monique Armstrong. She's in the Office of Community Development for the City of Muncie. What was your first car? My first car was a 1980 Bonneville. That's a big car. It's a big car. And this was in 1996. So it wasn't like in 1981. <laughs> so that's an almost 20-year-old car. Uh-huh. Wow. It had been very well taken care of. I think driven by some little old lady. My dad bought it for a song. I'm sure they were like practically giving it away. You know, well, you didn't know me in high school, but I was like 100 pounds soaking wet and like yes. five foot two. So I was a tiny little person driving this big old car. <laughs> Now, was it the party mobile? I mean, did you drive everybody around in it? Yeah, but then my friend, one of my best friends, also had a big old car like this. She had a 1979 Impala, Holy and cow. it was yellow. So we were like the dueling boats, my big-ass white Bonneville and her giant yellow, <laughs> <laughs> yellow Impala. So, yeah, we could fit everybody in those two cars and you went to uh, a small school at that point in oh, your, yeah. your life so you could fit probably the entire class in your two cars yes and cruise around yes now tell yeah. me about cruising around though didn't you and uh, your friend beth didn't you listen to like steve miller band and like drive around Anderson? yeah that was in her car that was in oh, my car oh, okay. but we did cruise because like back in the 90s cruising was cool so like we'd go to applewood parking lot and just like drive around the parking lot listening to like well steve miller band the soundtrack from dazed and confused Okay, yeah. <laughs> and also the 90s rap stuff. <laughs> now, you were a, a good girl at the time. Absolutely. So you are listening to secular music yes. in your vehicles, yeah. cruising around the, the parking lot. Yeah, I don't think our parents knew about that. <laughs> I bet they didn't. I don't. They would, uh, <laughs> they would have had something to say about that. They would that. have had something to say back then. Now, yeah. now it wouldn't be a big deal. No, but whatever. But so this Bonneville was ginormous and huge and had like chrome on the side, but it was like falling apart. It was terrible. Like I drive down the road and the chrome would just fall off. Just kind of pop off. Just pop off. Or peel off. Um, You know how like sometimes the roof of the car. Yeah, the headliner. uh, Whatever you call it. The liner at the top. That would fall down. So we got push pins and like stuck it back up in there. (laughs) So it stuck up with push pins. Uh, One time the front, the the driver's side door wouldn't open from the inside anymore. Yeah, yeah. Dukes of Hazard it then? Well, no, because it was a, an electronic, (laughs) an electric window, right? And that broke too. working so then i had to take i was taking my sister to school then and so i would have to convince her to come around and open the door for me but my sister your sister is like our daughter is like zuzu exactly and she was (laughs) just a turd and so she'd be like i'm not gonna open your door for you so then i'd have to like crawl out the side on the passenger side of the big ass car so yeah good times that is good times didn't you tell me a story one time about the horn Oh, yeah. Going off or <laughs> I something. about that. Yes. Yeah, so one time after the Alexandria Anderson basketball game, we were okay, like rivals. Big. It was a big game, whatever. It is like Anderson, the big city of Anderson or whatever. So I'm driving home from Anderson to Ellick and my horn just goes off. And, and won't stop. And will not stop. It was stuck the entire way home from Anderson <laughs> to Ellick, which is a good 30 minutes. And of course, yes. it stopped right before I got home. So I pull in. I go in the in the garage and I tell my dad, like, Dad, 
you'll never guess what happened. This car, the horn got stuck the whole way home. I had to drive around like an idiot through downtown Anderson with my car horn going. And he's like, that's crazy. That doesn't happen. I'm like, well, it did. I don't know what to tell you. So we go to bed. No big deal. And then in the middle of the night, that stupid car horn <laughs> in our garage. So it's like echoing and reverb. Like really, loud. really loud. Wakes up the entire house. And dad, oh my God, what's happening? dad was like, okay. I guess you're right. <laughs> so and it, he took out the fuse. Yeah. And so then for the I, horn. for the horn. So I just didn't have a horn after that. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's the way a, you fix a lot of things. That's an easy put, fix. put the tape over the uh, engine light. Because yeah. Now it's not on. You can't see it. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Good times without Bonneville. We ended up giving, like it would not die. Some missionary friends of ours needed a car while they were in the States or whatever. So we ended up giving it to them and it lasted them like another five years after that. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! I know. That's, they were built to last back then. They were that at was least for sure. the not the amenities, but the, the actual <laughs> the engine, engine, the car, the itself. running parts. Like yeah. everything else might fall apart on that thing, but like it will still run. Hi there, Matt Howe, introducing you to Purple Hippo Ads, local digital advertising. Let's say you want more qualified customers, clients, and donors in your sales funnel. We create display and text ads targeted to attract those visitors to a landing page with specific information and an intake form for them to contact you. We manage, tweak, and adjust the campaign to optimize every click and gain more conversions. Purple Hippo ads are perfect for discounts, offers, email opt-ins, events, introducing new products or services, increasing donations, or finding qualified job applicants. Interested? Great. Just fill out the contact form on purplehippoads.com and let's talk. Our premier sponsor today is the Schaefer Leadership Academy. Find out more at schaeferleadership.com. Today we are talking about their upcoming program called Fusion. Fusion. What Fusion. what is that? It is leading multi-generational teams. So, you've got a young person, a millennial working mm-hmm. with an old baby boomer yep. or a Gen Xer like myself. Yes. And there's differences when you work. Exactly. With I'm a Zennial, they say. A Zennial because you're so young? Yeah. A young But I'm not Gen a millennial. Xer. But I'm not a... See, we would call you guys Gen, Gen Y. But I don't think that's a real thing. I know, but it was at one point. It was I at one point. They phased it out. But... They phased it out with millennials, and yeah. I'm not sure why they did that. Yeah. But, so, uh, anyway. Gen Xers, Wires, and uh, millennials. And I wonder what they're going to call the generation after that. Is that Gen Z now? I think, I think that's Gen Z. All right. I thought it was gen- Generation Pepsi or something. Uh-huh. Ah. You're so funny. Anyway. That's, anyway. So, yes, we're going to learn about how to understand generational differences. This workshop will equip participants to be more effective communicators and leaders through understanding the various generations in the workplace today and find positive outcomes for workplaces and communities. So it'll be on October 24th. And if you want to register or find out more information, go to shaverleadership.com. Today in the studio, we have Monique Armstrong with the City of Muncie. Tell me, what's your title over there? Assistant Director of Community Development. Community Development. What's that mean? Well, that means that uh, I am also the fiscal analyst, so I uh, administer the HUD grant. So we receive over $1.5 million each year from housing and urban development. Okay. We give that to great people doing good work in the city of Muncie. Okay. So other nonprofits in town who are doing good things and that helps fund their their work and the people they can help and give services to and things like that. Awesome. Give us some examples of uh, some of the organizations that you help out. I was formerly the director of Motivator Minds, Mm -hmm. so we fund Motivator Minds. Okay. 
we fund Pathstone Incorporated to do down payment assistance mm-hmm. and uh, rehabilitation work. We fund Habitat for Humanity, Muncie Home Ownership. If there's great work happening in Muncie, we probably had something to do with it. Awesome. So let's say I need some help. What's the uh, what's the process to get connected with you? Oh, absolutely. Well, you can call our office anytime. Um, City of Muncie is open on every work day except for a government holiday. Sure. Okay. <laughs> of yeah. course. Yep. Right. You could call us, but uh, our requests for proposals typically go out at the beginning of the year. Okay. And uh, they're due around February. Uh, so I would say watch the com for um, RFP information in uh, your local newspaper. Awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about you and your family. Are you from, are you a native Muncie person? or I, I'm a Munsonian. Munsonian. I, awesome. I always yeah. say Muncieite, and I know that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I actually wrote for for the Munsonian when I was a student at Muncie Central High School. Oh. But um, I was born and raised here. The time that I've spent outside of Muncie was when I was working for, when I was working on my undergrad mm-hmm. at uh, Butler in Indianapolis. Love that experience. Wasn't really planning on coming back to Muncie, but uh, my mentor convinced me that Ball State was where I needed to be for graduate school, mm-hmm. and I've been here ever since. Ever since. So you came back and just and stayed. Yeah, my community kept me. It's a good place to be. Awesome. Well, you were executive director of uh, Motivate Our Minds for many years. Ten years. Ten, Ten years. years. Wow. So okay. tell us about that. How'd, how'd that come about and, and everything like that? Well, I'm a alum of the program. Oh, okay. When I was a student at Motivate Our Minds, I became unique Monique. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, Motivator Minds was a esteeming experience for me. Still very much a part of uh, my heart. I love that organization. As a young person, I continued to volunteer at Motivator Minds, even though I aged out mm-hmm. of the organization. I come from a family that has um, always been active in the community. So mm-hmm. service was just a part of my socialization. That's just, it was just what we did. I've continued to volunteer at Moms. Uh, I helped with the building campaign when I was an undergrad at Butler remotely. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to a couple of, I guess, fundraising small gatherings mm-hmm. that the Dollisons had. And so I was continuing to continue to be involved in the organization. Uh, that I, when I came back for graduate school, I volunteered at mom every Friday. Mm-hmm. And they had no children at Motivator Minds during that time. So I would do things like vacuum the floors, clean toilets. Like I was a very active mm-hmm. volunteer. And professionally, I was continuing to grow. So they invited me to go on to the board of directors. I served on the board of directors, probably the shortest term ever. It was, it was like, <laughs> I think it was like a quarter. And we were working on the strategic plan at that time. And they hired me off of the board. I was two months shy of my 25th birthday when they hired me. And I was there for 10 years. So I literally grew up in the organization, not just as a student, but also as a young professional. It really it is hard to talk about Motivator Minds without becoming emotional. So I'm so grateful for the opportunities that were offered. As a student, I excelled because of the environment that is created there. When I say it's an esteeming experience, having high expectations of students is essential. The expectations were great. And it was a partnership between my family, the organization, Mm -hmm. and our community. That's why I love Motivare Minds. That's also why I enjoy the opportunity that I currently have with the city of Muncie because now I've shifted into that community piece. So I can help a Motivator Minds that helps a family, right. hopefully for the greater good of our city. Now tell me about some of the projects that were successful during your 10 years at Motivator Minds. One thing that comes to mind is that garden. We actually upgraded that garden. The garden, the garden was in the works 
and it was there before I arrived. I was I would just like to say that we created the environmental demonstration project while I was there that elevated mm-hmm. that that experience and and brought our community together on a larger scale. Okay, uh, that property was actually owned by Mrs. Dollison's sister. Oh, okay, right. So mm-hmm. we had we had to change some things in regards to sustainability mm-hmm. of that. The reason why I love that garden is one when. I started at Monterey Mines. I did not have a green thumb. Mm-hmm. So I was dependent upon the people around me to teach me how to work in that garden. Mm-hmm. And I think that any leader that in- enters an organization needs to understand where their strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. are and how they can rely on their team. I also love that garden because at that time, we're able to be a, a benchmark for other gardens throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Back in 2008, there really wasn't an urban gardening movement. Right. But Motivera Minds was doing it. Awesome. And uh, was invited to tell our story on a global scale in Turin, Italy. In 2010, we were invited back to Terra Madre, the more world meeting of food communities, and things have blown up. And even now, you know, you go around Muncie, there are little pocket gardens everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Right? People are shopping at farmer's markets. Mm-hmm. And and that's just not in Muncie. That's throughout the state. So hopefully we're healthier. Kids understand that their tomatoes come from a garden, not Walmart. Right. Not just the store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and not, a, not only are we healthier, but we're also helping our, our environment. I'm really excited. Leah, the beekeeper at Motivator Mines now, she's, she's holding some local honey for me because uh, we decided to start the beehive while I was at Motivera Oh Mines, yeah. And it finally had a good yield. Oh good. And we all know the benefits of local honey. Well, if you don't know the benefits of local honey, if you have allergies, have a little ho- local mm-hmm. honey today. If you're struggling with hay fever, it, it will It'll help. help. Yeah, it really does it will, help. It will yeah. help. Uh, so so there are benefits to local honey for the individual, but also for the environment. You know, our bees are endangered. So save the bees. Save the bees. And how do you save the bees? You have a little beehive. Then we had a then we had a spelling bee to have some mission focus fundraising yeah so it's but all of that is done with people coming together Mm -hmm. right I remember um, my friend and former board chair Daniel Stallings he sent me an article on Facebook probably five years ago maybe longer and it was about a spelling bee in Oregon Mm -hmm. and I said Daniel I need you to help us do a spelling bee at Motivator Minds. He said, I'd forgotten all about that. But the thing is, like, <laughs> so people are planting seeds yeah, planting every day. Seeds all and, the time. And, and, yeah. and it may not show itself for two years. I think it sat in my message inbox for two years. Yeah. But it was always in, in the back of my head. And so I hope that there are seeds that will yield later. Yeah. I hope that uh, someone is encouraged by our conversation. I want to ask you about your your family. You mentioned uh, a group of people that surround you. So tell Mm -hmm. me about them. I have to start with my husband. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's pretty important, I I would say. Yeah, he is. He's he's. Wonderful. I met him in 2008 because of that Motivator Minds card. He was at that conference in Turin covering it as a journalist. Oh, okay. And I was there with Mary Dollison. Mm Mm-hmm. We were jet lagged in the rest of the <laughs> the rest, the rest, the rest history, history, I guess. <laughs> now is he from Muncie or did you transplant him here? He is a he is a transplant. My husband is from Nairobi, Kenya. Okay. Okay. Now I think I what's he do around here? Well, actually he works in digital technology leadership for Baker Hughes, a general electric company. Okay, so he's cool. a tech guy, double ball state masters alum communication information systems technology okay yeah i'm the oldest child okay of two two Two? so i have a younger brother i'm also the oldest grandchild 
Okay. okay. So uh, I've always been someone that was with older people mm-hmm. for the most part. I, I love our elders. I've always been someone that sat under wise counsel. Mm-hmm. My grandmother was very influential in my life. And uh, when I think about what I aspired to be when I grow up, I aspired to be a grandmother. Like, I fit, I skipped motherhood altogether. Like, I just wanted to be a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a grandma before I was a mom-mom. So, you know, because Matt's kids gave us grandbabies before oh. we had Zuzu. So oh, yeah. I was a nanny before I was a mom. I have to say, being a grandma is the best. Because <laughs> then you can send them home. <laughs> so I'm not a mother yet, but I, I, I love children. And that's something that I miss about uh, the professional work that I did at mom is that I could just walk to the other side of the building and see right, you can get all the hugs you want. Right, 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 right. It's a bit different now. I had to, I had to actively get it. I had to go to a United Way book giveaway or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but um, small family, a very active family. So tell me what you do for fun. I like to cook. Okay. I like to. I'm a nerd. I. I like to do my family's genealogy work. Okay, cool. That's that's my hobby. How far have you gone back? My family is actually from the largest and oldest freedmen community here in the state of Indiana. Oh, okay. We're from Beach Settlement, and I've been able to trace my Indiana ancestry back to around 1830. That's far back. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> I'm not only a Munsonian, I'm a huger. You are. You've been yes, here. You've yeah, been I here come from, a while. I come here from a while. some pioneers. Okay, like. cool. <laughs> what else do you like to do for fun? I like to take part in the arts. Okay. I love music. I love to go to concerts. And I love what's happening here in Muncie because you mm-hmm. don't have to go far yeah. to to participate in those type of, of things. I can go to Cannon Commons. we got the three trails. Yeah, you can go to Cannon Commons. Right. You can go to Emmons. Right. So I, anyway. I keep lawn chairs in the trunk of my car because mm-hmm. I never know when I need to break them out and just pop a squat. And I have them in my car right now, too, because yeah. you never know. If, never oh, know. we're at a concert or we're doing something here. And... So my, my love language is yeah. quality time. Okay. okay. So what I really love is is conversations taking things slow Mm -hmm. and spending time with people, my family Mm -hmm. and friends primarily. So I like to catch a show. I go to the movies every Tuesday with my friend Marsha. Some of the ways that I like to spend time with my family is uh, we have a camping club, Edge Night Camping Club, that my cousin Yvonne started. So I like to do that. I The last time I went camping was actually Labor Day last year, so it's been a while. Okay. Oh. Um, now, what kind of camping is this? Is this tent roughing it, or is this... Uh, now, I've done tent roughing it, but now people are older, so they're like, we're going to get a cabin. Okay. Yeah, and- that's okay. my version of camping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I know how to pitch a tent. My favorite place in the world is Sapelo Island, okay. which is off the Georgia seacoast. And I was introduced to Sapelo through my cousin Yvonne and mm-hmm. Edge Night Camping Club and also keeping it wild. Sapelo Island is underdeveloped. It's in the same chain as like Hilton Head, so okay. it's a Gullah Geechee mm-hmm. Island. But it's my favorite place in the world because my cell phone does not work there. When I go there, I'm typically helping the people that live there prepare for their festival. Mm-hmm. I see the sunrise and the sunset. Like I, lit- I, I love it so much that I don't want to sleep. So you ask me what, what I do for fun. Yeah. I work until I don't have to work so that I can go and you someplace totally... to clock out. And then yeah. I go back. And then you go back. <laughs> no, that makes, that makes total sense. We, we like to do that too. Like 
no one call me. I don't want to check my cell phone. I don't want to check email. So you mentioned music. Do you have a favorite band? I love the Isley Brothers. I'm such an old head. (laughs) Okay. um, So I don't know. I've read somewhere that, you know, you know, you've reached a point of maturity when you listen to what you want to listen to, not what the radio tells you to listen Mm -hmm. to. I still like to stay current, but I love the Isley Brothers. Okay. And Hind Street Sound, I like them. They're local. Okay. Okay. uh, As well. I also like the fact that it's intergenerational, too. Like, I shared with you all that I I love my grandmother, Mm -hmm. my father. We all like this music. Mm -hmm. So it's something that we share. Right. Everybody can enjoy it together. Mm -hmm. That's cool. But I'm a Lauryn Hill kind of girl. Okay. I like that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Destiny's Child was hot when I was in high school, and then they broke up, and that whole Survivor thing. So I was like, I don't like Beyonce, but the reality situation is that I like Beyonce. Yeah, I like Beyonce. Oh, yeah. Everyone <laughs> likes Beyonce. I know. Destiny Child was big when I was in high school too, and I'm like, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to like. I respect her. Mm-hmm. I respect her work ethic. What is a secret talent that you might have that other people might not know about? I give great hugs. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's probably. You're a talking to two people that don't really like not me. huggers. Yeah, I can did tell. you know that? I didn't know. I kind of picked up on that. Did you all notice I didn't hug you when you came in? That's when all came right. In? Yeah. yeah. She has a T-shirt that uh, has a cactus and it says "Free Hugs." But people but don't. She's I know. Yes. But people don't read it, and so all they see is free hugs, and so and they, they just, come in they and give me in. hugs, and I'm like, "You are not reading my shirt." So it's fine. I I know that some people are definitely huggers, and that's cool, and I'm not. So so uh, I give great hugs, but I also I won the Butler Chili Cookoff oh. when I was an undergrad. Oh. So you make some good chili. Yeah. Amazing chili. It sounds apparently. Like. To win. I, well, you know, about 15 years ago, I won. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most used emoji on your phone? Probably the thumbs up. Thumbs up. Or the smiley face. Like, I love smiley faces. Uh, that's so, like, I'm a smiley face person, too. Oh, I like the smiley face with tears, too. That's become more <laughs> popular here recently. People I don't know if it's an add-on or if it's just people have picked up on it. Yeah. It, it gives more emotion than just a smiley face. Yes. Like you're laughing so hard you're crying. I think that's a like it's not an LOL because LOL you're like, uh, but like le- like I'm really laughing if yeah. I send you the yeah tears. like legit I am Le- I am right. laughing yeah no that makes sense. <laughs> what I want people to walk away with is that Monique is a hard worker, but not just that Monique is a hard worker. Monique's a hard worker for all of us, mm-hmm. not just some of us. That some of us is what what I hope will evolve into something greater. So after someone listens to this. I hope that they're encouraged to do a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, get out there and do something or encourage somebody or volunteer or just mm-hmm. make our community a better place. And there's plenty of opportunities out there. My husband says this, charity begins at home. Mm-hmm. So your first opportunity is in the space that you occupy, mm-hmm. right? And that should extend outside of your walls. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you. We are also sponsored by Lucky Rabbit Tattoos. Find out more at LuckyTats.com. Eliza, the short piercer. Yes. She has new hours. She does. She is so (laughs) popular that she is now working Mondays, Fridays, and Saturdays. So she can help you pick out jewelry, change jewelry, do the piercing or anything. What do you mean by change jewelry? Well, okay. So if you have a body piercing, Mm -hmm. you can change it yourself uh, if you're skilled and you know how. So I have a nose ring with a loop in it. Now I want a little stud. Now you want a stud. So you can change that yourself or you can go there. Eliza can help you or the, the tattoo artist can help you too any day, even if she's not there. But I'll tell you a funny story. 
about me. I used to have a nose piercing. What? I know. Most people now, don't know that. Now, wait a minute. You were a preacher's wife. How uh, did you get a nose piercing being I, a preacher's I wife? I went to the tattoo shop and got a nose piercing for my <laughs> 20-somethingth birthday. Well, this might have been I a- bet that was a thing. <laughs> I don't think it went over very well with some of the people in our church, but hey, whatever. It was whatever. It's and, what it was. And full disclosure, when I met Angie, she did have a nose ring, and I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, but then I worked at a corporate job where they made me take it out, and it um, closed up. Okay. But, so, about changing your jewelry. So, I had this nose nose ring, and it wasn't like a ring ring. I don't know. It had like a little corkscrew on the back. Yeah. And one day, I was like, I was home alone. I was living in California, and I wanted to change it, because it was from like the original one that I got done, so I wanted to change it into something pretty. Yeah. So, I was like, all right, I'm going to get this out. And I tried to get it out, and I couldn't get it out, because it, you have to like twist it a certain way, or whatever. And I couldn't, couldn't do it. And the ex-husband wasn't home, and so I'm like, I'm not waiting on anybody. I'm going to do this myself. So I took a pair of oh no pliers, like yes. wire cutters. N- needle nose or like wire cutters? Like wire cutters. Oh, no. I am the daughter of an electrician. So I got some wire oh. cutters and I took it to my to the outside of my nose and yeah. clipped it. So I broke it into two pieces so I could take out the top part and then take out the bottom, take part. Out yeah. the bottom part from the inside of my nose. Anyway. This sounds like a bad idea. It turned out fine. I pl- I replaced it. It was fine. As I was doing it, I was like, this is probably not a good idea. I'm the only person home. What if I like cut my nose off and I bleed out and die? So you know what? Don't do that. Yeah. Don't take it into your own hands. Don't do your own wire cutters. Because Eliza will do it Eliza for you. Eliza will do it for you and can help you change everything. So go to Lucky Tats, check it out, and they can help you. LuckyTats.com. Currently, you're at the Muncie Civic Theater in a show. I am. I am in Sister Act. None number five. Yep. So, speaking of the Muncie Civic Theater, recently we took Audia to see Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. The season opener. Yes. And it was such a good show. It was amazing. The special effects and the acting and the singing, it was all great. But one of the things they did was when each of the five kids find their golden ticket, they kind of had them sprinkled throughout the theater. So they had like one in the balcony and one outside in the concession stand, one outside on the on the sidewalk and one inside the actual theater and they had this little film crew yeah and they had a film crew crew. that was a news crew and they were following them around and whatever and projecting that so everybody could see it on the screen screen in front of everybody on stage we took zuzu and we got we were sitting like good seats it was awesome and this is like the first show that she's really been into like we've taken her to others but this one she was really into so every time they went to cut to one of the kids who found a golden ticket she would look at me and say mom and she was holding on she had our tickets like our entry tickets yeah she's like mom i have a ticket i'm like yeah she's like what if i have a golden ticket what if they call on me and i was like I don't think that's going to happen, you know. The chances are pretty slim. I don't think we're going to get a golden ticket. She's like, but what if I do? What if I, what if I get a golden ticket? So they go to the first kid who finds the golden ticket. They yep. show it up on Augusta. the screen, Augustus Gloop. <laughs> they show him. And she's like, okay, I have four more chances or whatever. So she counted them down. So she was counting them down. And every time they would talk about a golden ticket, you'd see her look at her ticket and look at the screen and look at the ticket and look at the screen. And she's <laughs> like, mom, that gives me, uh, what if I have a ticket? So it goes all the way around. And so we're down to like the final ticket where Charlie Bucket finds a ticket. And she's like, there's one more chance. It could be me. I'm like, I don't get your hopes up. I don't think it's going to be you. <laughs> I'm 
so I'm trying not to like crush her dreams here. Uh, so then Charlie Bucket finds his ticket and she's all like, oh man, okay, I guess I didn't get a ticket. Um, so we keep watching the show. It's great. It's wonderful. Meet Willy Wonka and the, they go into the chocolate factory and yeah. all that. And you know how there's like the chocolate river and they get yeah. on the boat and they sing kind of like a creepy song or yeah, whatever. Crazy song, the yeah. crazy song. And it's kind of scary and there's like scary lights and whatever. And she looks at me and her eyes are like ginormous. She's like, mom, it's maybe it's a good thing I didn't get one of those tickets because this part is kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I think, yeah, maybe that's a good reason why we didn't get one of those tickets, right? <laughs> now, this has led to Audia watching Willy Wonka, oh my the Johnny Depp version. The terrible first. version. We, we, we didn't start her out right, of course. We didn't do the Gene Wilder version. Right, because we found this one on Netflix and we yeah. were like, all right, fine, watch the Johnny Depp version, which now she loves. So recently I opened up the DVD. Yeah, we realized we have the original yes. at our house on DVD. So I throw it in there, Gene Wilder, and yeah. It she hates it. Everything in me to, to get her to uh, sit down and watch that thing. She's like, ah, that's not, that, you know, because there's so many differences it's between super the two different. movies and this play. But she was enthralled with that She play. loved it. And I'm like. And now the movies and. Yeah. And I told I told Laura Williamson when I saw her, I, I told her this story about how it was great. I'm like, this is why we do theater, you know. Um, I mean, some shows are more serious and, you know, thinky or whatever. But like the ones I like to be in are like fun and entertaining. And I'm like, this is why we do theater. So people get immersed in it. It's it's entertaining. Um, it takes like you don't think about your problems for a while. And like little kids think it's real and think that they could really get a golden ticket. And I just thought that was very beautiful. And I like it. And so we'll see if anybody really thinks they're in a nunnery at Sister Act. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now number five, we'll see you on stage. See me on stage. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or you can find us on Facebook just by searching goneboss. If you like what you hear today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Our premier sponsor today was the Schaefer Leadership Academy. Find out more at schaeferleadership.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Rabbit Tattoos. Check them out at luckytats.com. Have a great rest of your day and don't forget to tune in next week and find out who has gone boss. boss.